Crimes from the East, your Desi True Crime podcast, where we talk about all kinds of South Asian and Indian cases. Currently, we're kind of in a <laughs> holding pattern in Bengal, and we seem to keep coming back to stories about Bengalis. It's the true crime mecca of India or South Asia. I hope not. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about the case of the gruesome murder of Bela Rani by her husband, Biren Datta. So far in the story, what we have seen is that in January 1954, seven packages, I believe, were found scattered all around the Kaligat area of Kolkata, wrapped in newspaper and tied up with a coconut coil rope. On inspection, dismembered body parts of a woman were found in those packages, and Detective Surendranath Ghosh, by complete chance, happens to get on the trail of the killer Biren Datta. It's been a real roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And Biren has been telling us about his life so far. And today we continue on at the point where he describes the actual murder of Bilarani. Can I ask a question right at the top? Are we going to find out why the body parts were left, why these packages were left where they were left around the gut? No, there's no mention in the book about why he chose those locations. We can speculate, however, as much as we'd like about why. Okay, so let's start where we left off. On January 27, Birain came home at 10.30 p.m., and Bela Rani, his wife, served him dinner. He picked a fight on purpose and accused the unborn child of not being his. So mm. Bela Rani is furious. They start fighting. He punches her. She falls to the ground. Birain runs to the kitchen and he grabs a sickle, which is a sharp curved knife. And he strikes her on the neck several times, instantly killing her. He then placed her body in a cupboard and washed up all the parts and blood from the floors. He took off all the gold jewelry from Bela's lifeless body. And then he went to sleep with no care in the world, as every sociopath probably does. He just left the body in the closet and then went to sleep? Yeah. You know, no worries. All in a day's work. The next morning, he left his son Boton with the neighbors and he told them that he was taking Bela to the Shishu Mandir hospital for delivery. Instead, what he did do was meticulously dismember and disarticulate Bela Rani's body with the heartless and emotionless proficiency of a monster. At 10 p.m., when he knew that the pharmacy workers would have left for the day, he snuck back in and picked up stacks of Jugantar newspapers and coconut coil rope from a pile of stuff in the back room of the pharmacy. Back at the turf road apartment, he wrapped up the parts in these newspaper sheets and tied them up with the ropes. And he then put them back in the cupboard. He washed the floors a few more times to get rid of all the stains and mm-hmm. went to bed a second night, unbothered by what was inside the cupboard. What a freaking jerk so he had dropped the his son off with the neighbors this whole time that morning he did because he had so much work to do like he had to pack up the Mm -hmm. 
pieces and clean up the house yeah. a little more. So he he couldn't do that with a six year old running around the house asking questions, right? So mm. yeah, he just yeah. dropped off poor Botan, and thank God he at least thought about his son. And the kid. yeah, yeah, the kid didn't have to see all of this. So I'm glad Botan was spared all of these horrific scenes mm-hmm. kind of i mean his mom's still gone mm-hmm. his mom's still gone so the next morning he went into the pharmacy as if nothing had happened and he sat there for the whole day which was not common at all that's not something he would usually do it almost seemed like he was creating an alibi right <laughs> don't be suspicious don't be suspicious in fact, that would be suspicious if he never came into work and then all of a sudden he spent the whole day in the pharmacy. The the employees would be like, that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. He sat yeah. here the whole day. He's not the smartest guy. He might be smooth, but he's not. He's kind of got some smooth brain. He probably read too many detective novels and he's like, I need an alibi. Alibi, yeah. Let's be seen somewhere for eight hours. Mm-hmm. So after work, he came home. He picked up all the packages, put them into two large canvas-like shopping bags, and he hailed a rickshaw to go to the Kaligat area of Kolkata, which was just a mere two miles mm. from his home. So we were discussing this earlier, right? Why Kaligat? Why did he go there? Mm-hmm. Speculation hats on. I-, I haven't been to Kaligat, so I can't say out of personal experience, but from what I've read and mm-hmm. seen... Kaligat seems to be a very popular place where people visit like almost every single day. So there's thousands of people who come and go to the temple area and there's a park out there. Mm -hmm. There are markets out there. So you know that there's always going to be a ton of people in the daytime. So maybe he wanted to make sure that the body is discovered. But why? that's so weird. That's right? strange. Like, if he wanted to get away with it, why would he risk being seen, A, if it's like a heavily populated area, and having the body discovered? I mean, there's that whole idea of, like, no body, no crime. But he sort of intentionally put the body somewhere where it would be quickly discovered. I wonder if this is, like, a sign of him having a bit of a heart or... Guilt? Remorse? Guilt? Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe he's just really a dum-dum. We need to take him to dum-dum airport and fly him out of there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there are so many places, I'm sure, in an ancient city mm-hmm. like Kolkata where it would never be found. But he mm-hmm. seems to have put them in very public locations, like a park. Yeah, I'm assuming he had a car, but maybe he didn't have a car and this was, he had to get rid of the body. So he had no choice but to like leave it somewhere nearby. He didn't plan well, maybe this. He just panicked and thought of the first place like, oh, Kaligat. Kaligat's where a lot of people come, right? So it might be hard to trace where this came from. Yeah. It's a sacred place. Maybe it'll wash away mm-hmm. some of my sins. I don't know. Like the reasonings of a killer. Who knows? Or he thought he was being smart and doing like a classic misdirection to the police he's maybe that was his narcissism playing in where he was like oh well (laughs) i'm smarter than the police they won't think that it's me if i put the body parts here yeah i mean also we still like can't emphasize enough how lucky it was for the detective to go to his freaking shop and like 
put the very, you know, random pieces of the puzzle together. Like, it's crazy. It's like divine intervention. Like, Ma Kali herself mm-hmm. was. She was like, don't leave these packages uh-huh. around my house. Yeah, I'm Ma Kali was like, I'm going to make sure this, this mm-hmm. evil murderer is caught. Gross monster. Yeah, this gross monster yeah. is going to be caught. Not on my watch. He's not going free. Mm. Well, he disposed of poor Bela Rani at my doorstep. So I'm going to give her some justice. Makali mm, took care mm, of it. Girl power. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't love it. This is... I mean, yeah, we we don't love the murder part whatsoever. We love the justice and... Mm-hmm. Good detectives and... The good investigation on part of the Kolkata police. Yeah. The jewelry that he stole off of Belarani, he gave to Mira. And the rest of Belarani's possessions were thrown into a sewage canal as if erasing her existence with such disgrace and indignity. This guy is a royal piece of trash. Mm-hmm. He sucks. Hey, I mean, he threw the rest of her stuff into a sewage canal. Why didn't he throw the body in the sewage canal? The body. It's so weird. And he had no explanation, I no. imagine. No. Yeah, so maybe some of those things that we said earlier might have been true, that he was feeling some kind of guilt or remorse. And, you know, he thought, Mm. maybe if I don't throw it in a canal and I put it here, it might be taken care of and the sacred rites will be performed. The final rites. Because he did, like, try to remove any identifying marks, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, maybe he wanted to make sure that she still got a cremation, like a proper funeral. Yeah, it is a very, very significant part of Daisy belief to get proper final rights for a person once they're deceased. So the belief is that if you don't get the proper funeral rights, that your spirit will be never be at rest. So mm. maybe he was afraid. He didn't want no ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, these things, they sound very cheesy, but the beliefs are very prominent. In Desi culture, so mm-hmm. I won't discount it. To Birain, Belarani was nothing more than a possession that he was tired of. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be delicate here, but let's not forget that Birain also took the life of an unborn child who was just mm-hmm. days away from being born. She was nine months pregnant, so he literally thats crazy. could have been born any day. Yeah, that's so sad. And why did he wait so long? You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but it's like, why let the child develop even more? I think he may have been biding his time, you know, like he may have been on the fence about... Like summoning the courage to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He waited until really the last possible moment. Because once the child is born, now it's more difficult. Now there's yeah. more people who have seen her and seen the child and mm-hmm. now he has to get rid of two. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why he waited, but I feel like maybe he was just, like you said, trying to summon up the courage to do this. Also, does every Indian household just have a sickle? I feel like a sickle is for ch- like cutting grains or rice or anyways, I just it's an interesting weapon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why would why would someone have a sickle at home? So like a true blue sickle, the one that we're yeah. imagining in our heads right now. 
It's very circular. It may not actually be that convenient to cut meat with. No. It may be used to cut sugar cane, mm-hmm. coconuts. Oh, yeah. Because it is used a lot in Indian cooking in West Bengal. Like a lot of coconut-based dishes and uh, desserts and stuff. So maybe it's used to cut open coconuts. What a strange choice of murder weapon. Yes, I have many questions. Let's hear them. Okay, maybe I don't have so many questions, but I have a lot of thoughts. Um, Because when I hear sickle, as I said, I think of like cutting grains. Or for me, more than that, it's even the very like communist symbol of a sickle, which is like the symbol of the agricultural worker working in grain fields. But there are Mm -hmm. more sort of like circular shaped knives out there, like... I know my dad was living in Alaska and he was collecting these knives called ulus, which are traditional Alaskan knives that are curved and they're used to like prepare the different Mm -hmm. kinds of strange and fantastical meats. He gifted me one. Yeah, he gifted me one too. I think everyone who knows my dad (laughs) at this point owns an ulu. (laughs) So thanks for that. (laughs) It's so cool. I don't even want to use it. It looks too cool. I ended up using mine as a pastry scraper. It was perfect for that. (laughs) But um, do you know about any any other knives that... Because it's kind of a mystery. What kind of sickle was this? Have you been able to find anything? If it wasn't actually a sickle, mm-hmm. uh, it might have been one of the curved knives that are used for cutting meat. So something like a baby machete mm-hmm. with a slightly curved edge. So those are used to cut uh, meat, especially big game Yeah, I think also even in China, I've seen knives that are quite curved, but they're more like butcher's knives. Mm. They're 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 curved on one side, but they're flat on the other side. But I I wouldn't necessarily call that a sickle. So maybe it's just like a matter of translation or wording or something like that. Nomenclature Mm. lost in translation, perhaps. I'll have to talk to Mr. Supratim Sarkar (laughs) to clear that one out. So after a lengthy confession, Birain was taken into custody and he was charged with the murder of Bela Rani and her unborn child. The case was presented with forensic evidences like the Juganthar newspapers. Um, so the cops went into the pharmacy and they checked the stack of newspapers and found that the employees were very meticulous about storing the daily newspapers. So they had a full stack in strict chronological order. The only papers missing from those stacks were the ones that were used to wrap the body parts. He's just the worst. Not even, no effort. He probably thought these are things no one will think of. Yeah. I guess he didn't yeah. realize how right. cool Kolkata police is, apparently. And there were also witness statements who testified about Bela Rani's pregnancy. In fact, the detectives had scoured the turf road apartment and found a doctor's note for a visit that Bela had had with an OBGYN related to her pregnancy sometime in 1953. So they used that as proof to kind of connect the dots and say, you know, this woman who was pregnant and this was indeed Bela Rani because they had no DNA connection, right? They had Mm -hmm. to still prove that the body found was of Bela Rani and thus Birin Datta is... Uh, guilty of committing the murder. 
It's a good thing he was slappy. Yeah. Bilarani's family members had come forward to help identify the body. Her mother said that Bela had incurred a deep scar on her leg when she was a little girl. This was matched with the scar found on the thighs of the victim. Also, her family members did seem to have unusually large flat feet. This was successfully compared and matched to the victim's feet by a renowned professor of anthropology, Dr. S.S. Sarkar. I just really hope that I'm not identified by my large flat anything. If I die mysteriously, it's a little bit of a, what's the saying, Uh, adds insult to murder. (laughs) Anyways, yeah. (laughs) Kolkata police used it to match the victim with uh, Belarani. So they are the ones who asked Professor Sarkar to do a match. They sent traces and pictures of Belarani's family members and that of the victim found. And mm-hmm. had it matched. That was pretty pretty cool. Again, a first in Indian criminal investigation. So hats off. Bela's jewelry was recovered from Mira by the detectives, which was also mm-hmm. used as further evidence of Birain's guilt. All in all, an airtight case was presented in the courts. And the case ran for six months. Mm-hmm after which the lower and higher courts of Kolkata ended with Birin Datta being found guilty and sentenced to die from hanging. <gasps> oh, death penalty. Yeah. Yeah, death penalty. He was hanged to death two years later. I never thought about this, but I'm actually surprised that there's a death penalty in India. There is, but it is reserved for the worst of the worst cases. Okay. It isn't given out that often. And when it is given out, it's usually commuted to life sentences. Okay. It's called rarest of rare cases mm. that do still get the death penalty in India. Yeah. Okay. If only all places were like that. <laughs> you want to do like a quick comparison between incarceration and execution rates in India versus U.S.? Yeah, definitely. Because... I mean, that's a pretty harsh sentence, but given like our population differences between the two countries, I think it's uh, good to put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. So the population of U.S. currently is 328 million and the population of India is 1.36 billion. However, the number of inmates on death row in India is 403. I'll let you guess what the death row numbers are for United States. Oh, (laughs) no. It's going to be between like 1 and 5,000. Maybe I overshot. It's 2,591. So 400 versus 2,000. I'd be interested to see if there's like a cost benefit in having prisoners on death row if executions are very expensive or... They are. I believe it costs like million or something per inmate. Dollars? U.S.? Yes. Oh, my God. Come on, America. That's some bull crapola. Yeah. So that was a little bit about death row numbers. It's just to give our listeners a feel for how things work all around the world. Yikes. (laughs) I mean, this guy deserved it. 
I don't know. Like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I actually think I am. I can get behind the rarest of rare cases. Yeah. Uh, idea. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like in the U.S., it's just kind of used willy nilly, and that's no bueno. Right. Don't give it out like candy. That's all we ask. So, yeah, Detective Ghosh finding the pharmacy and then Burain. Was this pure luck? Divine intervention? Or a cover story? What do you think? Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I mean, it's... From what I've seen of Kolkata, it's like such a huge chaotic city the chances of him going to that pharmacy and then it just seems kind of unbelievable but what's the alternative what would the cover be what would we be covering up i'm just going to like throw some fictional elements in there none of this is probably true we're just speculating maybe maybe someone from bela rani's life noticed that she was missing yeah and spoke to detective gosh about it i mean if she was about to have a baby how did no one like even not even family but neighbors people who she maybe shopped with someone should have said something i feel like yeah maybe someone spoke to mm. this detective and gave him a clue like Hey, we don't like the husband. He seems creepy. He seems odd. She's missing. We haven't seen her for three weeks. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going on. And Detective Ghosh was like, okay, I need to find some, some legal way of looking into this guy. Yeah. There's no proof that it's Birain or Kamla. How do you just chance mm -hmm. upon this family legally because yeah. they have to have a warrant for everything right you can't just barge in and start questioning right. people willy-nilly mm -hmm. i believe if the cops don't have a proper legal route to collecting evidence and with and talking to witnesses that can be thrown out in court yeah it's not valid it can be thrown out in right. court what do they call this again it's not plausible deniability it's like the opposite no no of no that. Oh, no, no. I think it's called Fruit of the Poison Tree. What? <laughs> yes. That is is yes. that a legal term? Wow. I don't know if awesome. it's legal, but I know that's what it's called. I think all evidence uh, that is obtained outside of the legal framework. Okay, okay. Is, and, and discarded in court is called Fruit of the Poison Tree. I think that's what it is. Lawyers, please correct us. But what's the term for, like, you have to have some good reason to actually investigate or, you know, you have to have a... Uh, oh, uh, no, no, no. Um, it's like a very commonly used legal term and I can't remember it right now. Uh, what's it called? Reasonable, Reasonable doubt? Doubt? <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, this is where my, like, true crime legitness is, like, showing its cracks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I think if a cop smells weed, like, if they claim they smell weed, they have probable cause. Probable cause. <gasps> yes! Yes! You found it. Okay. Yeah, so there is, a, just came like, a sense of probable cause in India as well, obviously. Yes, yes, of course. So, yeah, he didn't have any 
normal probable cause maybe to look into the case willy-nilly. And so he came up with this. Uh, huh. No, I think I'm just going to let it be chance in my mind. That feels better to me. That makes this story so much more... Juicy. Extraordinary. Yes, yeah, so yeah. juicy. I love that part. I'm fine with chance. I like that. I like, I like that aspect of this story because the divine intervention part of it is just so cool. Yeah, it's satisfying somehow. Yeah, satisfying. It feels like a proper vengeance story. Like Bela Rani yeah. came back and got her killer. Got hers. But I do mm-hmm. also like about this story is that once they get him, there is a very sort of a lot of clear pieces of the puzzle that confirm. It wasn't a crime of passion, but it was, yeah, a crime of convenience, I guess. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't that intelligently done, I guess, is what I want to say. He left a nice trail of breadcrumbs. I mean, in 1950s Kolkata, maybe most people figured there's no way we're going to be caught when committing crimes like this. But Mm. for this guy, he ran out of luck, finally. Because it seems like he had everything going for him his whole life. (laughs) He literally got then the worst possible luck, which is very satisfying. Karma came back to bite him in the ass. Karma's a bitch! Okay. That was our case on Biren Datta and Belarani Datta. I hope everyone enjoyed that story from West Bengal. Well, from Kolkata. Awesome work, Pia. That was very interesting. Very well researched. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah, all props to the book Murder in the City. Guys, please check it out. It's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get it. You said it's on Kindle, mm-hmm. right? It's on Kindle, yep. Are we going to do Bengali Corner now? or No, we can do it now. Let's do a quick Bollywood Corner. Yes! <laughs> you find someone to do a jingle for us. Please, please, someone, please. We're begging you. We're begging you. Make us a jingle. I want dramatic, I want like dramatic moment music. Oh. Like when the murderer is revealed or when the ghost appears, this sort of scene. that Like, like when the squirrel turns with a nut hanging out of its mouth that kind of dramatic music okay. <laughs> exactly yeah. okay um okay so bollywood corner for this episode there there weren't any movies made on this case specifically so what i thought instead was let me recommend a couple of movies that are based in kolkata so you get a feel of the city and the people and the culture um but movies that are also obviously true crime based or um, detective stories, which are just immensely popular in Bengali culture. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. The first movie, which is one of my favorite movies, is Detective Byumkesh Bakshi, a 2015 Bollywood movie. It has Sushan Singh Rajput as the lead in this movie, and he's just spectacular. His performance is superb like you get totally immersed in this character and his journey well-made indian cinema Ah, i'm gonna watch it tonight sounds good it is an excellent movie what is it about okay the story is based in early 1940s calcutta or kolkata nice yeah and there's like a opium smuggling gang and all kinds of political unrest 
going on in the city. There are bomb blasts and some kind of uh, local terrorism taking place. And he has to kind of connect the dots and find the central villain in the movie. Okay, cool. The second movie I'm going to recommend, also based in Kolkata, also a suspense thriller, a mystery unraveling of sorts, is Kahani. The lead actor in the movie is an actress called Vidya Balan. She plays the part of a grieving wife who's looking for clues about her husband who's missing. Okay. And the ending is, it comes out of nowhere, you, you'll you be surprised. Very, very shocked. Okay. Give it a watch. I highly recommend cool. this movie as well. It's called Kahani. Okay, Alex, are you ready for the Bengali movie corner? Yes. It's not Bollywood. And it's called... Guess. Let's just guess. What do you think it's called? Bengaliwood. No. No, it's not. <laughs> Tollywood with the T. Yeah. Because it's based around the area of Tollygunj. Okay. So it's called Tollywood. I had the impression that Bengali films had more of a high art reputation. Yes. There are more artistic, poetic elements to a lot of Bengali cinema. They do have their fair share of trash movies too just like (laughs) Bollywood but they do tend to churn out some some very meaningful cinema as well going like way 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 back like I'm sure you've heard of Shottajit Rai Mm -hmm. he is an icon in the world of filmmaking he's one of the greats and I don't mean in India I mean all over the world in the world yeah 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 talking about Shottajit Rai one of his finest movies from 1974 is Shonar Kella, which means Golden Fort. I missed the golden opportunity of mentioning this movie in the last episode because this movie is based on the detective series of Feluda and his young cousin sidekick Topshe, who help a little boy find a hidden treasure in a golden fort, which he recalls from his past life. Past life. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Reincarnation callback. <Woo-hoo. laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, this is a really cool movie. I actually watched it a couple nights ago. You can see the fine cinematography that Shottajit Rai has infused into each scene. Like it's so carefully designed and framed and the performances that he got out of the actors especially the little kids Mm -hmm. it's amazing I can't imagine being a serious actor as a child I would have been actually low-key excellent at it because I was a little liar (laughs) that's all it takes right you just have to be a liar (laughs) and then you're like an excellent actor yeah make a career out of it it's a it's a fun adventure type of movie. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Take a look. Nice. Take a look. The next movie I'm recommending is called Har Har Byomkesh. That might sound familiar because Byomkesh was in my Bollywood corner recommendation. Oh yeah. That's because Byomkesh is a detective series, super popular in Bengal and India as well, because it was written by a very famous Bengali author called Shorodindu Bandopadhyay. In like the 1930s. So it's been around. It's been around for a while. Yeah. That'd be interesting to read. Mm -hmm. It's a series of 33 uh, detective stories about Detective Bumke. Well, he's not a detective, first of all. 
he doesn't like to be called one. He calls himself Satyanveshi, which means truth seeker. They are amazing. Like I grew up on Bhumkesh. There was a television series and it fueled my curiosity for crime scene mysteries investigation and, and mysteries yeah. and oh my god it was <laughs> amazing i think it used to air on wednesdays and then the next day thursday in school at lunch all we were doing was reenacting the episode we saw last night awesome. <laughs> that's what yeah <laughs> i was like hey guys you want to play Bumkesh? and they're like hmm what <laughs> What character would you play? I was always Bumkish. I was always <laughs> Of course. <Bumkish>. Of course. <laughs> Do you think any of this is available with like English subtitles? Yes, because these are all new movies. Okay. You can look for all of these movies on Prime. Netflix doesn't seem to have them, but Amazon Prime has some. And there's a website I use called Enthusian, which works only in the US, unfortunately. Uh, but it has a huge collection of Indian movies, uh, I think in like six different languages. What's it called again? I'm going to see if I can get it to work here in Paris because it's hard to get. It's hard to find that stuff here. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll add the link on the website. We have a website now, Ooh. which is linked in our Instagram. Yeah. So you can find cool. links to you can find links to Enthusion there and go look for these movies. Check it out. So Har Har Biomkesh, it's Biomkesh. Is a 2015 movie from the franchise featuring the dashing Abir Chatterjee. And I have a bit of a low-key crush on this man. Like, (laughs) he's a rugged looking, well, not that rugged. Looking him up right now. (laughs) He has a scar on his cheek, okay? Which adds so much character to his look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that he's not one of those... No, no, no. Slick... He's definitely not like a Bollywood boy, yeah. I think. What are they called? Uh, like a chocolate boy. He's not a chocolate boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's Sound what they're like, called? Yeah. That's what, that's what you know, those slick-looking baby-faced actors are called with the... Smothered in oil. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I, I like these oh, kind yeah, of Oh, yeah. I found a picture guys. with the scar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got nice hair. Oh, he looks good with a beard. Okay, you guys got to check this out. Yeah, he's got that, you know, world-weary or been there, seen that type of look. I like that kind of, you know, where are all the rugged men with the jagged edges? Where are they? (laughs) I mean, to each their own. Where have all the cowboys gone? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) let me, yeah, let me roll my tongue back in and tell you about the plot a little bit, okay? So, Byomkesh is invited to Banaras, which is the holiest of holy cities in India. He's invited by a wealthy aristocrat to stay with him. But suddenly, that fellow dies the next day. And Byomkesh has to find out about the death or murder using his BBE, Big Brain Energy. Ooh. Yeah. And there are lots of suspects. A wife, maybe possibly girlfriend. Maybe the wife has a boyfriend. We don't know. Oh, yeah, intrigues. Sounds like there's a nice dollop of drama thrown mm-hmm. in. Excellent. Yep. Question, is BB, BBE already a thing? I don't know. I made it up, so it might be a okay. thing. Okay, I love I may it. have heard it somewhere. If it's not, <laughs> we're making it a thing. I'm all about that BBE. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yeah, that was the Har Har Byomkesh. Check it out, guys. So that's kind of like a classic detective with all of the drama and intrigue and the, the like lady walking into the detective's office with her <laughs> cigarette. Like, you no. Know, no, you this isn't that. Okay. doesn't have those bits. But it has all the other elements of okay. a good mystery. Is he like the Indian Sherlock Holmes? Kind of, yes. He is loosely based on Sherlock Holmes. So, yeah, there's many actors who've played the role of Byomkesh. And I'm sure each uh, version of Byomkesh has its ardent fans, like haters mm-hmm. and lovers. Okay, so that's it for our Tollywood corner. I am... Very happy to have learned a little bit more. Thanks for all the research. It sounds like you really went into the story. It was very dark, very interesting. Um, yeah, good work. So yeah, guys, if you enjoy our podcast, please follow us on our socials. I do have a Twitter, which I don't know how to use yet, so... Ignore that. But I do have a nice Instagram page for the podcast. There's a website now which you can check out. And we would absolutely love if you could go on to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. It doesn't have to be five stars. I mean, you can rate it whatever you feel like. As long as it's four stars or five stars. (laughs) I will not accept three. It can be four. (laughs) It can be four. Yes. Four is fine. Yeah, and write a review, please. You can just say, it's okay. That's fine with us. But just write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Just please don't tell us that it sucks. If it sucks, it's fine. You don't have to listen to it. And we love you anyways. Yeah, we still love you. It's fine. It's all good. There's nothing but love here for all of you. And with that, we bid you adieu. No, wait. Let's do a Bengali. Yeah. How do we say adieu in Bengali? Ashchi, which means Ashchi. I'll be back, I think. That's what it means. So nice. I'm Yaschi. Ashchi. <laughs> and we'll see you again next week for another episode of Crimes from the East, your Desi true crime podcast with a little masala and spice. Namaste. Namaste. Bye. <laughs>